Welcome back, everyone, to Rules of the Arena podcast. This is episode 79. And my guest this week is back at Blind Ninja Studio, Studio EC, the man, the myth, the legend himself from Eau Claire, Wisconsin, independent rap artist, Miles Boulevard. Had an absolute blast getting to meet him and chat with him for quite some time here. And we got to talk about, you know, how he got started in the music industry, his music and, and you know, his new album, of course, called Language I Am Deeply Ashamed Of and Will Regret Forever. It's a lot of fun to listen to. If you haven't yet, go check it out. Pause now, go listen to that, then come back. And this is actually a track off that album called Afterglow. Let's take a trip. Hope you yeah, enjoy. worse than exhausted peace of mind. What has costed? Overcautious when I've accosted. Love the tension as caustic as fuck. Sell you on some counterfeit propositions Let my kisses compel you a change Just to fall in the rain These words here to lift you But rather ones I would die for Travel, unravel, cry for at the minimum Try for a chance Worries and hectic ways hung up on my baby. The statement ain't just some Isaac Hayes. Yeah, realize the days of devising places. The answer progression still be the path. Insecurities cancer, you know. Sapphire shorty, nothing short of my treasure She my pride, my pain and pleasure Not a name that can measure to my Synthetic beauty, my magnetic beauty Man, something you'd see in movies Anesthetic with booty, a truly poetic fixin' Itching to find her fix, man The second she finally found me She drowned me inside a fiction My new addiction, righteous and reputation Ruling her jurisdiction with songs And revelations of truth for the youth Appreciate you being patient with me. We've been chatting, what, for the last month or so to finally yeah. get this rolling? Yeah, setting it up, and it, it felt very smooth, very <laughs> very natural, you know? So, no, it's, uh, it's it's great to be here, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, appreciate me. it. And guest number two now. Let's go. Like, we're talking off air. So, uh, Chris was the first person to record here in the studio, finally. Sweet. Just glad to have it up and running. Passion Posse, baby. Shout out to, <laughs> shout out to Chris Johnson out there. Hope he, hopefully he's watching. It's my man. Yeah, yeah, and I, well, actually, that's how I found you. Okay. So I moved here, and my coworker said, "If you do a podcast, you got to listen to Passion Pod." Yep, absolutely. So I was like, I, I was started to listen to one episode. I'm like, ask her or whatever, and just went all the way back to the beginning. And here's Miles Boulevard. I'm like, oh, Eau Claire, Wisconsin, rap, not really something that I would put to two and two together sure. normally. Yeah, naturally, <laughs> I, I get that. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But no, it's a uh, that was that was really cool how that all come came together because. Uh, I've known Chris since I was like really young. I'm talking like 12 or 13 maybe because mm-hmm. he, he used to work at Zoomies in the mall and True. I was a skate rat. I grew up skateboarding. <laughs> and so Chris would be the dude. He was the cool guy at the shop that like gave everyone their setups and was teaching, you know, giving pointers on tricks and it was just the cool vibe, you know, just the cool energy whenever you walked in there. And, uh, you know, like the skate scene was kind of like low key in Eau Claire. We didn't really have a spot that really 
was an authentic skate experience, right? Zoomies is like a, a corporate brand. Yeah. yeah. And so like, uh, that's what we had, but it wasn't great. And so Chris, when he started at Passion, I was all about that shit, dude. Like, hell yeah, we finally got a local skate shop here. There used to be one called Underloud a long time ago. But it, it was just like the scene needed that rejuvenation and, and Chris was the right spirit to do that, man. And and he's just blown that shit up, dude. Passion is great. Passion's fantastic. And um, yeah, just we were talking one day, we were having some beers. He's like, dude, I, I want to start a podcast. I love I just love to talk <laughs> and I love to talk to people about what they're passionate about. I think I could do it. Uh, these other people out here like, I don't know, I just I just feel like I can do it. And I was like fucking do it bro do it and so he's like you want to be the first episode i was like hell yeah i do so we just uh we just made it happen man and it was great i was i was honored to be the first episode and then just to see it blow up to what it is now is super super dope yeah listening to that first episode i was a little jealous because why is that his first episode sounds so good like he was a natural at it yeah exactly sound quality was great yeah then you listen to my first episode. Nah. <laughs> Not so great. <laughs> hey, hey, comparison is the thief of joy, my friend. Right. Yeah, I know. Yep. Yeah, Absolutely. you are your own worst judge. As As- Absolutely. So, Absolutely. But to back it up for anyone listening that doesn't know who you are or yep. heard your music before, this uh, quick introduction about yourself. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm Miles Boulevard. I'm a Eau Claire native. I just, I've been out here for a long time, man. A long time. Almost, let's see. I'm, I'm t- I've been rapping for about 10 years now. Really taking it serious for about 10 years since I was 16 and man I just put out a new album last week we talk about that yeah thank you thank you oh, it's a mixtape technically it's a, <laughs> it's a mixtape um, but man I like yeah I just just been doing my thing man just trying to make something dope for the community to be proud of and something that me and the homies can be proud of mm-hmm. and yeah, that's that's just that's the mission. I know I missed it a little too late, but you just did a show not too long ago with is it I'm gonna butcher T Y B. Yep, T Y B, that's yes. my man, yeah, nice, yep. Yeah, that's that's my big brother right there. Yeah, we got a whole we got a whole album come together, honestly. Yeah. This summer we're gonna be dropping a collab album and I feel like he's okay with me saying that. We've already kinda <laughs> let the cat out the bag a little bit. Uh, we haven't put out anything for it yet, but man, that shit is fire. That shit's fire. Yeah, I, Dylan told me about that. My, you know, your friend, my coworker, and yeah, and, yeah. Uh, Shout out, Dill. Shout out, Dill Dowd. <laughs> Hopefully, you're watching, baby. You should be here right now. <laughs> but he, uh, yeah, he goes, yeah. There's a show tonight, and I already had. I think that was dad to go out of town for mm-hmm. that weekend. Of course, I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> right, of course, <laughs> but of course, yeah. No, is I was talking to Dill. I just said the most like Wisconsin thing, like, oh yeah, no, uh, <laughs> no. I was talking to Dill the other day, and uh, well, a couple weeks ago, and he was like, yeah, I got a my my coworker just moved into town. He's a really cool dude. I think you'd really like him. And he said that he was starting up a podcast and had you know had talked to Chris and had heard the episode. He's like, hey, do you know this guy named Miles Boulevard? And then Dill's <laughs> like, yeah, you mean fucking my homie? Yeah, I know, I know who Miles is. Yeah, of course I know. And so yeah, that's that's cool that he hooked this up. Up, yeah, know, it's a nice well, bridge between us. Absolutely. But to back it up, you're from Eau Claire. So, well, okay, so I was yeah. born in uh, Marinette. Okay. But I moved here when I was five, and I've been here since I was five. So, so pretty much a native yeah. at that point. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I, I uh, grew up in Fall Creek, which is like, a, you know, if you know where Fall Creek is, yeah. it's like a suburb of, like, of Eau Claire. It's like 10 minutes out. And, uh, yeah, just we'd be in Eau Claire every day. I've lived here for, like, eight years now yeah and so Eau Claire native baby let's go I'm putting on for the city let's go <laughs> yeah like we're technically in Altoona right now but yeah technically yeah, yeah. people oh where do you move to I'm like Altoona I'm like where, where's where, that yeah, it's, like, Eau it's, it's Eau Claire that's the same it's, thing with yeah. Fall Creek it's like no one knows you can spit across Fall Creek no one knows where that shit is right <laughs> So how do you, growing up here in, well, in the area, how do you get into involved in music and how did that evolve into oh, man. where you're at now? That's a good question. Is like, I'm going to, well, I'll tell you the backstory now. I'm going to toot my horn a little bit. Is I've always been, um, I've always been singing ever since I was little. Like I was in every choir I could be since I was like in fifth grade. And just always drawn to music, even when I was a kid, even before I even knew it, like music had just had this grip on me. Like if, if there was something playing, I had to be right next to the speaker or I had to be right next to the performer. And so I was just always singing, always drawn to music. And also I would just love to write poetry. Um, I, I alluded to you earlier I was just like it was a cool way to pick up girls back in the day like middle school and high school I was like oh let me just write you a poem real quick and it was like I don't know it just it felt very natural that I kind of had this epiphany when I was 
uh, 18. I was working on music a little bit with my friends. We were fucking around a little bit, but it wasn't serious until I was 18 and I was at a show. Uh, I was watching Mac Miller perform actually. And I just kind of had this epiphany as like, dude, I've been working on this for a couple of years. I've got a good voice. I've, you know, I got a nice pen game. I knew it wasn't good at the time. It was garbage at the time, <laughs> but I, I had that maybe arrogance or confidence in myself. I was like, no, this is, this is great. But no, um, no, I had that epiphany and the rest is history, man. I was like, what really did it for me was we, we were at a festival. So I saw like 30 or I think it was 35,000 people there that year. <laughs> but just to see all of these people, every walk of life, you know, in unison, singing the same lyrics. And, uh, and we're all here because we love rap music. You know, it wasn't even just music, it's rap music. Mm -hmm. And so, man, when I had that epiphany, I, I watched Mac on stage, I was like, you know what, man, I've been working at this. I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna be that guy that brings all these people together to celebrate this beautiful thing that we all love, and that's hip hop, you know, the culture of hip hop. And I knew it wasn't gonna be then that I did that. I knew it was gonna be a long road. I knew I had practiced my ass off, but I knew, I know one day that I was gonna do that shit. And we're finally to the point where, man, my shit's nice. <laughs> I'm nice out here, bro. Fuck with me. Like, yeah. Was it, I mean, have you had that pinch me moment where like, am I actually doing this? This is real life. I've had a couple of, I've had a couple of moments where uh, it was pretty surreal. I think the first time, the first time I paid rent off of music was like, I got pretty emotional about that, <laughs> you know? And like being able to get like, go to new places, have everything paid for, meeting new people and still like, man, it's just, yeah. There's been a couple of times where it's just pretty surreal, you know? And it's, and it's just the beginning too. Mm -hmm. I'm sure when things progress even more, it's just gonna be just a dream, a dream come true, you know? Been working for it for a long time. To roll things back again, you mm -hmm. said you're, you know, you're involved in choir from an early age. Yeah. Was it? Did you get into rap music right away, or did it oh, start with other stuff? Too? That's what I was gonna say yeah. earlier when I was like, I'm gonna toot my horn a little bit. Nobody that I was chilling with fuck with rap music. Like rap music in Fall Creek was just not heard of, and so I was definitely the outlier. Like ask any of the homies, <laughs> they're gonna say no. But I brought hip hop to to Fall Creek. All right, <laughs> I did. And uh, no, I think what drew me in about hip hop um, was the drums. It's because it's very like rhythmic, right? And so that just caught my ear. And um, I think I liked it because I wasn't supposed to be listening to it. You know, like my, I did not grow up in a rat friendly household. Right. And uh, <laughs> it was just me and my mom and she did not get it, you know, and that's cool. But I had heard like uh, people like Biggie Smalls or Tupac and or Easy e and, you know, NWA and whatnot. And I was just in a trance. I was like, what is this? This is a whole world that I know nothing about. This is amazing, but it's so cool. And so that from that point, I just started edu educating myself and becoming a student of, of the culture, you know? It's like, it's much bigger than rap. You know, hip hop, a lot of people use the terms hip hop and rap interchangeably, but they're not, they're not the same. Um, hip hop is the culture, right? And rap is an extension of hip hop. Sure. Um, hip hop's derived of four main pillars, and that's MCing, so rapping, uh, DJing, scratching, uh, breakdancing, b-boying, and uh, graffiti tags. And that's like the essence, that's what hip hop is sure. in its essence. And so I just, man, fell in love with the rap, you know, pillar of that and just took off with it. I'm obsessed, always have been. See, I've seen hip hop thrown into the same vein as pop culture. But pop culture, yeah. I mean, that ebbs and flows and changes. I would say hip hop is pop culture right sure. now. Yeah, I mean, you go back 50 years ago, pop mm -hmm. culture was the Beatles. Well, Absolutely. 70 years ago, I suppose now. Jesus. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, it changes, you know? Yeah. I guess it's technically whatever is popular at the time. Yeah. That's pop music. And so hip hop is the most selling art form now. It has been for the last couple of years. And so it's very, like hip hop does, even before it was considered like the highest selling genre, I would say that it set the trend of like fashion and slang and you know just like overall aesthetics of our culture um but now it's just like you can't escape it like hip-hop is everywhere like just like look at the super the super bowl yeah you know like that what an amazing performance and what a great win for hip-hop yeah 
arguably yeah. one of the best performances ever. I've seen. Yeah, ever. Of our generation, for sure. Yeah. Oh, how old are you? I forgot to ask. 33. You're 33? Okay, I'm 26. So, yeah, it's like, dude, like... To see Dre and Snoop and M and Kendrick and Mary, just like all of them just going in, like, that was really special. Though to see my mom, who's, hopefully she's not listening, I think she's 70-something. Oh, you just put her on yeah. blast. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, all of a sudden she goes, oh, look, it's Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre. I'm like, how did you know? What? That's so sick. <laughs> That's so sick. Mom sounds cool as hell. Yeah, and for being a band teacher, that you know, so I grew nice. up around music my whole life. Oh, but, very you know, cool. Two parents are band directors, and very and cool. So yeah, you know, I started off in classical, and then one day in middle school, I go, I want a Metallica CD. I think mm-hmm. half their hair went gray right there in the spot. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> and then Man. yeah, I know. So when did hip hop and rap really as a whole? When did that start to gain traction? I know nothing about it. I discovered it when I was in high school, yeah. like so many other people. You know the yeah MTV when they still had music. Yeah, and they I'd did say the like, world premiere of i think it was eminem's song one of his songs okay back in the day yeah it might have been my name is oh for sure is either the world premiere of the music video or you know the mtv awards either one but yeah no i'd say it really as a as a culture it really got its traction in the early 80s um people like run dmc really brought it to a whole other level i mean there has been rappers before that in the late 70s i think it started like Cool Herc, when he threw his uh, his block party, that was I think like '79 or something like that. But it was it was late '70s and then the early '80s is when it really started to pop off. And you know you had your or maybe late '80s, uh, yeah, late '80s I'd say, with your Beastie Boys and LL Cool J and Run DMC. Like when those names started popping up, then it really started to get traction. And then yeah, by the time the '90s hit, it was game over. Like it was a whole new wave. So yeah, I'd say mid to late '80s. 80s would be when rap really started to take a, a hold on pop culture. I, I should I should backtrack. I think everybody in Wisconsin knows House of Pain. Jump around. Oh yeah, it's a, it's a national <laughs> anthem here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, what artists were you listening to growing up? That I mean, and what are you listening to now that inspired you and continue to inspire you on oh, what man. you're working on? That's such a big question. Because uh, I love I love all kinds of music, you know. Um, Man, people like Mac Miller was a huge influence. Um, NWA was a huge influence. Biggie, Outkast, um, Cameron. Those are kind of like older names. Um, man, ASAP Rocky is a current name that I really, really admire and draw from a lot. Um, man, Kendrick growing up was great. Oh, man, I mean, he's still great. He's, he's arguably the best of all time. It's such a hard question. I don't know, but there's so. Many, I mean, that's just rap music, you know. Yeah. There's so many other genres too that have influenced. Do you, you, know? are you? If you're listening to other genres, I mean, do you listen to you know? You know, everybody knows Metallica, for example. Something yeah. like that's way outside of the realm of rap, but yeah. you listen to that and you go, "Oh, I, that yeah, spins up. up, you know, into something that you want to put out." Absolutely. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think, um, I think more so, maybe not sonically, but like songwriting. I've always really admired rock music for songwriting. Like Pink Floyd is just yeah. like they're such good songwriters. <laughs> like oh, taking away the moments that make up a dull day. It's like fuck. I resonate with that so right. hard. You know, like. <laughs> Man, they're they're great. Led Zeppelin's great. Um, yeah, I love I love like fifties music as like forties and fifties doo wop and swing and stuff. And I love sixties and seventies rock music. It's kind of more psychedelic, you know, kind of a little bit more easy listening than the eighties rock, you know, got mm-hmm. to be. Um, but I love all that shit, man. I love really trippy stuff and yeah, like. Someone I've really been listening to a lot lately is like not like very hardcore or anything, but uh, the Electric Light Orchestra. Yeah, ELO, bro, their shit is so good. <laughs> it's so layered, and there's just so much going on all the time, and it's just like that to me is just like prime music, you know. And it's fun to get fucked up to as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my, I had a buddy of mine. He's the one that got me into kind of, you know, the ELO and the Alan Parsons Project, mm-hmm. the Pink Floyd era of style of music. Yeah. You know, because I, like I mentioned, you know, came home one day and I wanted a Metallica CD. And yeah. this went head first down into the heavy metal and, yep. you know, stumbled my way through. And now death metal is huge. You, you, you entered know, Sandman. You know, speaking of rock and 
well, they're more metalcore for fear itself, but he's mine. They've been on the show. Very cool. And, uh, and, the, but he, I mean, he just kept driving home these classic rock bands and mm-hmm. stuff until finally, you know, of course everybody listens to dark side of the moon yeah, album by Pink Floyd. Yeah. Didn't really resonate with me at the time, but all of a sudden he, he I played, he played a uh, metal okay. by them yep. and just went hard in the paint on that one. Yeah, absolutely, man. But it feels like it's more common or even accepted now that artists will leave, kind of leave their little, you know, window that the industry has put them in or yeah. their little space. Yeah. Well, was it, was it NDBA and Anthrax back in the eighties or nineties? It was That's public enemy. And public enemy. Yeah. They're kind of the first to do that. Yeah. And now even the you know, top well, you 40. You had run DMC and Aerosmith do it too. Yeah. Walk, yes. walk this way. That was huge. But now it, it seemed like for a while and maybe it's still happening. I don't know. The, in the top 40, radio stations at least artists that are being played there are expected to be in this one lane yeah and, um, yeah do you see that more now i mean you being an independent artist is absolutely. it more acceptable for absolutely that? i feel like okay so here's the thing first of all i have two things to say <laughs> first i'm gonna go back and i want to say that uh, i don't want to misquote this because it's very important but i feel like cool herc's party was like 83 i said 97 or 79 before i think it was 83 anyway we were drinking a little bit um <laughs> But no, especially right now with what we were talking about, about hip hop being kind of like the sound of the now, um, I find that a lot of other genres are taking from it, you know, like country or pop music. Pop was a little bit more like it's closely related, I guess, in sound, but like rock and country music now is starting to blend with hip hop like the beats are starting to become you know like trap beats essentially with country lyrics over top of it mm-hmm. um, I, I'm an interesting person to talk to about that because <laughs> I'm very much of like man fucking don't fuck with rap like leave it alone you know like this is a very sacred thing this is a very beautiful thing like don't if you don't know of the culture if you know respect it if you don't come from it don't fucking use it you know but then who am i to say that you know i'm a guest in this shit so like who am i to say who can and can't use music i i'm a i I just love rap music and i don't in its purest form you know like so to that point i'm not gonna venture out of that you can put me in that box you can call me a rapper that i have no i love that you know i'm saying like i'm always 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 gonna keep it very hip-hop always i'm not gonna change i'm not gonna venture into other sounds like I might, you know, no, no, I won't even, I'm not even going to say that. I'm not going to, like, I'm, I fucking love rap music and that's what I'm, that's what I do. You know what I'm saying? Is I think what you're saying is like the sound is changing. It's becoming a little bit more general. I think a lot of people can like, like go in and out of different sounds. I, I don't have any, any interest in that. I just want to keep it hip hop, mm-hmm. you know, keep it rap at its purest. And I think anyone who has heard my stuff or has seen me perform, would definitely agree with that. It's like I keep it, I keep it rap, you know. No, what if someone, I don't know, uh, Corey Taylor, Slipknot, mm-hmm. Stone Sour, yeah. came to you and said, "Hey, because I mean, they, uh, not fest a couple times at least. Um, Tech Nine's been on on True. the ticket. Yeah, Tech. So Tech he calls you bridge. and says that, I, "Hey, I want you to come do a song with us, and I want you to perform at Not Fest. I mean, would you turn that down, or, or do you like it's not really my, you know, it's not rap, so right? No I feel like. Oh, man, that's a tough one. I mean, if I was performing my stuff, hell yeah, yeah, dude, hell yeah. Like, of course I would take that opportunity for that platform. Of course I would. Um, Would I want to jump on a song that's, like, like heavy, you know, like their shit is? Probably not, you know? That's just not the type of music I want to make. I respect it, you know, and would love to indulge in that in in its time, but that's not the music I'm trying to make, you know? And I think it's very important to just stay true to self and not trying to go outside of yourself to get listeners or get views or get streams like I don't bro I don't give a shit about that shit <laughs> to me to me it's about the art and what are you contributing and I had a really good friend a uh, really good conversation with a friend of mine today about just like he he was um, he's into graphic design and he was just talking about you know getting hired for somewhere and making something that he thought that they would want versus what he wants to make and I was like dude it always comes down to authenticity. It always comes down to being genuine and no one likes to feel like they're being sold something. You know what I'm saying? So when someone gets up on stage and they're true to their self and they transcend their spirit, you can feel that. You can resonate with that. You can, Even if you don't like it, you can feel it. 
But if someone gets on stage and they're not genuine about their craft or they're not genuine about what they're doing or what they're talking about, you can also feel that. And so I'd rather be the guy who stays true to self and maybe doesn't get as much streams or publicity or opportunities versus, you know, someone who does anything and everything to get the attention of anyone and isn't happy, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's kind of always the approach I took from it is just keep it real, bro. Keep it real out here. (laughs) We're making hits. So, I mean, if tomorrow, Mm -hmm. we'll say next week. Yeah. Internet goes away. Yes. This oh. flip is switched off. We can only be so lucky. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, do you Just, keep on doing, making your music and putting the art out there whatever way you can? Hey, like, man, I just wrote a lyric the other day that said, you know what, I'd still go win if it meant that you never knew my name because I'm not pursuing fame. But how could I tell my kids a dream in the future if I don't do the same? You know, or how yeah. to take pride in their efforts regardless if it's rewarded. The biggest difference between us, my mistakes are recorded. Just took an eighth of shrooms and now my vision distorted. If love's a currency, my pot my pot pockets extorted we still supported like it's not about the fame bro it's about loving what you do and so i'd still go in if it meant that you never knew my name because that's what i i have to i have to do it like i'm the fucking best out here i gotta i gotta let i gotta get that shit out all right <laughs> so how do you i mean pre-internet of course you know the way to get out there was go and get signed by one of the big what three four right label yeah. records out there now you have the internet you know you have soundcloud spotify pandora everything yeah everything do you feel like it's easier than it was, say, even 20 years ago or 10 years ago? To get noticed? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think it's, there's pros and cons. So it's like, it's really, like the accessibility is really nice. The convenience is really nice. Like someone like myself doesn't have to, you know, go to a studio and book, you know, hundreds and hundreds of hours of studio time or dollars worth of studio time when I could just have my own setup in my house. You know, that makes it really easy. But on the flip side of that, then it, I feel like it's oversaturated the market a lot is because now everyone can do it. And I feel like uh, everyone loves rap and wants to be a rapper. Um, and so it's kind of oversaturated it a little bit. And labels are now recognizing that artists don't need them to pop off. You know, a great, a shimmering example is Chance the Rapper mm-hmm. who did not sign and just took over the rap game. I feel like he's kind of an outlier a little bit. But, like, he's a good example of you don't need that shit. And so now I feel like back in the day, labels would find an artist and then kind of build them up, build their brand and, like, you know, invest in them. Now it's like, okay, well, we're going to meet you where you are because it's an independent market now. So we don't have time to invest in you as an artist. You got to have, you know... X amount of followers for us to even give a fuck about you. If you don't have that many followers, we're not even gonna listen. It's not worth our time. And so I feel like there's pros and cons to it because like someone like myself, I'm not naturally apt to just jump online and you know look at me type shit. <laughs> you know I don't like that. I, I I'm really private, keep to myself, and I don't like the song and dance of the whole thing. You know, but like that's what gets legitimacy to to people the higher ups you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. or you could do it the other way and just do it all like that and say fuck the labels but then you know there's there's a lot of perks that come with that too so it's just like I think it's I think it's the best time right now for getting your music out because it is that that conflict between independent and um, labels and so it's just like who's gonna outdo each other what can the other do for each other and it's just it, it is the best time it's just how you wanna go about it so where and how did you start? You know, and how does you know say Blind Ninja Studios? We just started a band. So how do we get out there? How do, where should we start? Or somebody listening? I mean, social social media is easily the the easiest platform. You know, because um, it's it's a megaphone on your phone. You know, just blasting it out to people. I mean, it's like I said, it's the most convenient way. Before you're able to get on radio or get on podcasts or you know anything like that, get on TV. It's just like you got to get out some way and people aren't reading the papers anymore people aren't you know doing this and that especially during the pandemic people aren't going to live shows as much you know and that's sucked um but that was a good way of of exposure too it's just Mm -hmm. you know word of mouth and but shows have been so few and far between and even if we do have shows they're it's not the same turnout you know and so yeah social media is definitely the way to go for that so yeah as far as the equipment side, I mean, <clears throat> do you need the fancy recording studio or can you just start plugging away into your phone? And I mean, 
I don't I don't use my phone. I definitely use my laptop. But um you don't need a huge luxurious studio to make something dope. You know, like um I told you before I got that project coming out with TYB. Mm-hmm. I did I think half of those vocals, if not more, at my place. You know, just on my microphone, my home setup and it's just easy. Like I got a nice mic, a little interface and call it good, man. You know, and it sounds great. So yeah, that is super nice that you don't need this whole elaborate thing, you know? You can just do it, do it yourself. And, I mean, since you started, I mean, has your style, well, I guess, having a little bit of expertise, I mean, you said you started doing this when you were 18, what, eight years now? Yeah, but, yeah, I started I started messing around writing when I was, like, like rapping when I was 16, but then I didn't take it like really professional, like serious until I was 18 yet. Do you feel like it's gotten easier then for you from then to now or? Just the, like writing. Yeah, the writing and then the actual recording, you know, whether it's technique or confidence, you know, whatever the case may be. Yeah, absolutely, man. I think because the the beginning part of that was just very much like learning my voice and learning the styles that I wanted to do. Because when I first started rapping, I wanted to be Dr. Dre so bad. (laughs) You know, like I like rap with my voice really deep and like try to use the same inflections that he would. And so it all, it took time. It, it took time to like get comfortable in my, in my, in myself and be confident the biggest thing, you know, and believing in what you're saying, believing in your tone. And so, yeah, it took me a long time to really get to a point like, cause I'm a perfectionist. So I wasn't going to put anything out that I didn't think that was good, you know? And so, but I knew I, I knew I wasn't good at the time, but I would be good. <laughs> and so there was just a huge learning curve. And I'd say like when I was like 19 to 21 was when I really just paid my dues and, you know, just learned myself as an artist, excuse me. And, uh, yeah. The progression has just been so consistent, like ever since I started. Even now, I feel like there's so much room for growth, but I'm just, I've never been this sharp before, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah, in the beginning there was some learning curves, but man, now you, I'll go bar for bar with anyone. Like put me in the studio with anyone, I'll hold it down. So I mean, overall, when did you start to realize that you could make a career out of this? Like you personally, not the industry as a whole. Right. When did it feel you mentioned that, you know, when you first paid rent with, yeah, with, from music. Yeah. Was that the moment or did you? Yeah, that was the moment. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'll I'll try to talk about it without getting emotional, but yeah, when I held like, when I held that, that was my first headlining show. Um, it was for a project I dropped back in 2020 uh, called Update from Isolation. And we threw the release party from that. And I, that was my first time handpicking the whole the whole show, which artists are going to be on and where the venue is and this and that. And uh, it was at the Plus here in Eau Claire. Mm-hmm. Shout, out, shout out Benny and Kate. Um, and what a great show dude seriously like amazing turnout i'm talking hundreds of people and the the crowd that we bring out is just so loving and so caring they're just good people and i had the promoter from from the plus be like yo we talked about it as a staff and that was the best hip-hop show that we've ever had that eau claire's ever had you know like that that was nuts and so to be able to have that impact on the town to provide this environment that everyone had such a great time. All the performers made hella money, you know, and to hold that money in my hands, like, damn, I fucking, I did this. You know, <laughs> I brought all this together and I made this money. And yeah, I remember just like, you know, kind of breaking down a little bit to my best friend. It's like, bro, this is it. Like, this is the taste that I needed. You know, like after this, it's like, we just only go up from here, mm-hmm. you know? So that was definitely the moment where I was like, shit, dude, I could, I can do this. Leading up to that point, did you ever feel like this isn't going to work? I should throw in the towel, go get the nine to five gig. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. Not, um, not in a way that I was like ever going to do it. I think everyone kind of has that, you know, along their paths of like, fuck, do it. Is this what I want? Is this worth it? You know, like the times where I'd show up to a show, that was, the one I just told you about was my actual first headlining show, well, real one. My first, first one, nobody showed up to. <laughs> it was so embarrassing, dude. Not even the promoter for the show showed up. I won't name drop, but it was fucking <laughs> whack. It was super whack. And uh, it was moments like that where it's just, you know, my mom in the crowd, you know, <laughs> which is awesome. Uh 
but it was moments like that. It's like, holy shit, no one cares, you know? Moments like that. Or, you know, everyone has that. And so, for sure, I, I got down on myself. And even still, it's like, man, there's so much bullshit you got to jump through. And, you know, politics and, I don't know. There's a lot you got to weed through. But it's moments like that where it's like, oh, no, this is... I'm supposed to be doing this, mm -hmm. you know? This is what I'm meant to do. And just, you know, the people that I've connected with, the, the impact that me and my friends have had out here is just... There's no way this is not what we're supposed to do. You know, there's, if this isn't what I'm supposed to be doing, I have no fucking idea what it would be, you know? <laughs> and so. Is there a manual out there? On, hell you know, no. How to become a rapper, how to start a band for dummies or no. forums or anything like that? No, hell no, because everyone's different. And I feel like art in itself is just subjective, you know? So everyone's journey is going to be different. Everyone's mm -hmm. going to interpret art differently. So, you know, you and I could do it, like make the same song and it would be perceived differently. So I, I, it's hard to like tell other artists how to do their thing, you know, because what, what, what works for some people might not work for other people, you know, like I don't want to throw a, any artists under the boat, but I know there's been a, a cover that was made a few years ago of Lincoln Park. Oh yeah. And that artist has been getting dragged through broken glass over yeah. the quality of yeah. his work. And that's, like, that's a ballsy move. Cause if you're going to do that shit right after Chester Pass too, like yeah. that's, First of all, don't. <laughs> First of all, don't touch that shit. But second of all, if you're gonna do it, you gotta pay your, you know, pay it respect, yeah. pay its dues, and that sucks. That sucks if that's the case. But you know, you said your mom came to that show. Sounds yeah. like she changed her tune on on rap. Oh yeah, point. mom's the best. Dude, mom's <laughs> my biggest supporter now. Yeah, no, I think I think just because she didn't grow up with rap music and she wasn't familiar with it, that it was very alien to her. But it was about when I was like. Around 20 or 21, where we were starting to like go out, and she could see like when we go out to eat, and people would be like, "Oh shit," and she'd be like, "Oh, like this, I'm actually doing something out here." Yeah. You know, it's not like I'm just fucking around in my friend's basement or something. Yeah. We actually are impacting the community that we're from, and so I think my mom, you know, like when she first saw me in the newspapers or first heard about me through other people besides just me, she was like, "Oh shit, this is real," you know. And man, mom is never say that she wasn't supportive. She was always supportive. She just didn't get it at yeah. first. You know what I'm saying? And um, hey, when are you going to stop your hobby? Go get a job. Kinda. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and my dad said the same thing too. It's like, when is this phase going to be done? I'm like, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry to break it to you. Um, but no, mom is just the best dude. She's, she's front and center. Every show she can be, um, super supportive. Always. She, I feel like she promotes my shit more than I do. You know, like she's so proud and you know, we've, I've actually had her come up on stage before at shows and we just, have a, we have fun with it man it's, mm -hmm. it's all about having fun and uh, it's just a blessing to be able to do what we do with the people that we get to do it with you know I tell that to the homies all the time is you know well they're all family that's how I, that's why I'm correlating this is it's all family is, is man like people come to our shows to see us and we all get to hang out together and we got our best friends we got mom we got our, our partners we got you know we got girls or homies or anyone just chilling with us man it's so fun it's so fucking fun and, and not a lot of people very little people get to experience what that's like mm -hmm. to get to do what you love to do get paid for it with your best friends like that's the dream that's literally the yeah. dream and we get to fucking do that shit all the time and it's just I never take it for granted I never I will never ever take that shit for granted dude like that is so special and I know it's you know it's not gonna last forever so I just really appreciate the times that we're in you know I'm young good looking we just out here <laughs> with our best friends making the most of it man it's just it's great it's great yeah that's the the well I wouldn't call it drawback I mean I was a professional wallflower most of my life yeah at some point I, I don't know phrase. when or how I stopped caring Mm -hmm. Yeah, I went from in high school. I could probably count on one hand how many words I said. Sure. Now I'm in sales, and yeah. I do a podcast. I have to hear my own voice for forty to sixty hours a week. Right. But you don't see that involvement outside of social media. Mm -hmm. You know, somebody comments or likes a post, that's cool. If somebody's in the chat room, it's like, holy shit, people are actually listening to this. And yeah. I remember one time we we're out at a we we're seeing a show over in St. Paul, okay. and I had. I'm, 
shameless promotion constantly. Ninety percent of my shirts have my logo on it. I love it. But somebody came up to me like, "Oh, you listen to that show?" I'm like, "Yes, yes, I do." Yeah, I'm like, why? I'm like, oh, I listen all the time. It's great. I'm like, cool. Yeah. I host it. I'm like, what? Yeah, dude, that's the best. That's the best. Like, why do you listen to this? You know, there's other ones out there. No, that's fun though, because then you can kind of like pick pick their brains. Like, why, yeah. do you, why do you like it? You know, is yeah, that's super cool. Yeah, and I for a while I was talking to Chris about it too. Yeah, I watched the numbers. I was constantly you know reaching out to my producer and like, hey, how many downloads did we get like the day after an yeah. episode released? I remember the first episode, fifty people listened to it in the first I think week yeah. or something like that. And like that's forty nine more people than I expected to. Yeah, it's dope. sweet. It's going somewhere. Yeah, but then it just became almost addictive you know to like watch that and, yeah and constantly yeah. watching you know how many how much what's the engagement like on facebook and instagram blah blah, yeah. blah. started to become a job and then yeah. covid shut that down i mean we shut the studio down for four or five months something like that yeah and it was nice because it gave me a chance to step back and ask myself why am i still doing this yeah if it's driving me nuts Absolutely. it's becoming a job but <clears throat> came out on the other side like you know started to get that itch again like i wanted to start yeah. talking to people start recording again for you being a performer yeah. you know covid shut that down like yeah. that yeah real quick i mean how'd that affect you not just career-wise with music but you know mm-hmm. personally and mentally for that matter it's a good question uh i was in a really depressed place when i made update from isolation and that came out january i believe 19th of 2020 and the shutdown happened march 17th it was saint patty's day um and I was already in a really like reclusive place. I was already not going out and seeing people and like really isolating myself. And that's what the whole project is about, is about loneliness. Is because I I was depressed, but I was more lonely than anything. And that didn't have, I mean, it was in a romantic sense. I had just come off of a breakup like the year before that um, of someone who I cared really deeply for. And so I was in that sense lonely, but also like I was just going out and just not feeling like I was connecting with anyone. You know, like not feeling like anyone spoke my language or really understood me or appreciated what I was trying to do or just, or vice versa. Like I feel like I wasn't connecting with other people too. And I just felt really um, discouraged. And so I was just like, I'm gonna hunker down and make this album. And then, you know, the fucking world ended. <laughs> and I, we were like, go back to our houses, don't do anything. And I was like, all right, cool, that sounds great. Yeah. Like, I fucking love that, Let's just do nothing. That sounds fantastic. Um, Cause I, I just didn't, I wasn't in a place where I wanted to perform or be seen or be center stage or be celebrated or take the attention. You know, that's, that's one thing about me is like, I don't like, um, though I've, I've been told I have a big presence, I don't like to make it about me. You know what I'm saying? And so I was cool about like, all right, let's just like fall back a little bit. You know, let's just focus on music, not worry about being in the public. So I actually like, I mean, aside from the pandemic, just being away from performing, away from people was really good for me at the time because it really allowed me to appreciate that for when it was time to start doing that again and and feeling, like you said, getting that passion back and getting that fire under you. Like, all right, baby, let's fucking get it, you know? And so we've done a couple of shows, we being uh, me, T.Y., and um, the homie West Korea because we we pretty much do all of our shows together. We practice together. We're not a group, but um, damn near, you know? And so... Yeah, no, it was it was very fitting for me as a person when it happened. I was like, all right, cool, I'm I'm down with this, but now I'm I'm itching to get back out there for sure. It's been too long now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's almost like the industry. And I was talking to a, a rapper out of Minneapolis, St. Paul area, Pharaoh Moose. Shout out, he's coming back on the show in March. Excited nice. to talk to him again. He took 2020, you know, to leave his job and focus 100 on music. And we we're talking. It's like the industry got a big reset button for everybody Absolutely. starting at square one. Yeah. So from here, where do where do you go with that? I mean, how do you reach out and try to find an agent to get you booking, or do you just start going, you know, put feet to the pavement, DIY, mm-hmm. promote your shows, and get out there? To be honest, like right now, I'm not really focused on shows. Um, I'm I am so deeply entrenched in a creative mindset right now that like I just want to create and record right now it's not really so much focused on the on the shows although those we got a couple of shows booked for the summer and I'm really excited about that doing the festival out in Nebraska doing a show near Madison um, 
but Nebraska is another area. You say Nebraska, I don't think rap. <laughs> no, no, and that's that's the thing is like, um, they have a really good art scene in Lincoln, mm-hmm. and we went out there for a festival last year, and what a beautiful place, man. Never, did, <laughs> never in my life did I think that Lincoln, Nebraska was like a destination place for me. Right. But it's just so everyone there is so nice and so welcoming, and they treated us so well. Um, yeah, I guess it's just we made our our mark last time we were there and mm-hmm. got invited back, and so that was sick. Um, what was what was the question you had? Oh, where I'm gonna take it now? Yeah, bro, I'm gonna. Can I can I yell? Cause yeah. I'm gonna yell. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. Um, I'm going hard as shit this year when it comes to recording because I reached this place mentally where I was, you know, I'm 26, and for people older than me listening, that might sound really young, but to me, there's like a really deep sense of urgency. It's like, dude, I'm still 26. I feel like I haven't really gone where I wanna go or could go. And the only person that's holding me back is me. And so we gotta go hard. We gotta give reason for people to wanna come to shows, to wanna buy things, to wanna believe in what we're doing out here. And so what am I, what do I have to offer? The art. And so I'm just going hard, dude. Like I just put out a new uh, a new mixtape last week called "Language That I'm Deeply Ashamed Of" and will regret forever. Um, I'm working on my next project. I'm working on. I'm, well, I have one project almost done, one song away from being finished. I got another project that's halfway done being finished. Like, I just plan on just keeping the fucking foot on the pedal this whole year and, and outworking everyone, honestly. Mm-hmm. is like, I have the pen to do it. I have the mind and the creative juices right now. Um, a lot has been happening in my life lately that, like, on a personal level, that has just showed me how fragile all this is and how important it is and so I just want to make the most of my time here man before I'm gone or before I'm fucking old you know what I'm saying <laughs> like I don't know which one's gonna happen hopefully I get old before I'm gone but uh, I think about legacy all the time and I think about the responsibility that we have that I have in the community and just making something that people are proud of and I know I can do it so it's just like I'm, I'm just gonna be that dude get out of my fucking way this year you know like I'm gunning and so I'm I couldn't be more excited I couldn't be in a more positive state of mind I think with this last record I just put out I was a very like dark you know is your adolescence mm-hmm. your you know disillusioned to the world when you get out of high school and and this last record was just what that felt like you know and so now that I'm past that um, it's Man, I'm in a great state of mind. I've, I've accepted a lot of things. I've accepted who I am and what my role is out here. And, you know, we all have the shit that we're working on. And and I'm, I'm doing that like everyone else. But we're going to do it through art. You know, we're going to we're going to make it happen in a productive way. And in, and hopefully in an inspiring way to, you know, just fuck. I don't know. It's just I'm so excited, bro. It's going to be such a great year. I have so many plans. I don't want to, like, show all my my hand, but. I've got a lot of music on deck that's going to come out this year. So do you, to keep yourself on track, do you set yourself dates and goals? And by, you know, the, let's say June 1, right. because I made that mistake, uh, announced live just kind of off the fly. We're yeah, that's kind of deep in the bag at the studio. Like yeah. Uh, yeah. We did like four shows in one day. Of course, like I was mentioned off air, Ooh. there's a, there's homebrew on tap. Yeah. And then for whatever reason, I said, yeah, I'm going to have the website up by June 1st. And then, you know, of course, go home, wake up the next like oh shit I'm gonna have a website up in a month <laughs> <laughs> yeah for sure dude no um I've learned that giving yourself a public timeline is not the best yeah. <laughs> if you're not done <laughs> yeah you know um that's why with this project I just like dropped it I didn't say anything about it I just dropped it um no I think I'm more so give myself concepts to work with and like a general frame of like when I want it to be out um just because I feel like maybe adding deadlines creates a little pressure and sometimes can deter creativity that way. Um, but no, I kind of have like a general idea. And then once it gets like, once it comes to like fully formed or almost there, then I'll be like, okay, let's put it out this day. You know? So I don't have to like really pressure myself to, to get stuff out. And yeah, not a big, not a big deadline guy. But I also thrive under pressure, so it's weird. I don't know. It's weird. Depends on the deadline. But yeah. So 
So, and with those, I mean, being on track, I mean, if you feel yourself slipping off track or even like you're saying before, you weren't in the greatest headspace. Right. I mean, how do you pull yourself back out of that, get back going where you need to be? Man, I think it's just finding inspiration wherever you can, you know, whether it's the people around you. For me, it's music. Um, you know, it's it's hard to say because that's a very personal thing. You know what I'm saying? It's like you want to give advice to people when they're struggling or not feeling well, but man, that is such an internal battle and it's such a personal thing that it really just comes down to you, you know? And thankfully, um, I don't know. Because there was a time where I didn't think I was going to pull myself out of it, you know? I didn't think there was going to be a time where I would be here right now, straight up. And so it just takes time. It takes, I don't know, man, just... Gratitude. I think that's the biggest thing is gratitude is it's easy to be a victim about circumstances. It's easy to what was what was me about everything. But man, when you take a step back and you really appreciate the people you have around you, the house that you have, the job that you have, the car that you have, the this, the that, and not, not in a materialistic way, but just like, man, how lucky are we? You know, truly, how lucky am I? And I think that's what helped me out of my rut is like, how lucky am I that like going back to what, what I was saying earlier is like, I get to do what I love with my best friends in a place that loves and respects me. Like Eau Claire lo- fucks with me, you know? And I'm so grateful for that because I fuck with them. I, there's something so special about having the place that you're from not only hold you up, but celebrate you. And man, when I sit, sit back and think about that, how could you not get fired up? You know what I'm saying? How could you not get a, a fire under your ass? Mm-hmm. It's like, all right, let's fucking hit the studio. You know, like, what are we even mad about? What are we talking about? It's like, we have such a great opportunity here. And, but that's just not my life. It's everyone's life is like the people we have around us, the opportunity, like something like this is what you're doing is just like, not everyone gets to do this. And that's so special that you get to do this, that we get to do this. And man, when you, when gratitude enters the chat, the whole perspective changes, you know? And so gratitude is the attitude, baby, always, always. Which speaking of the city and I mean, the community around here, just with everything is so cool. I mean, listening yeah. to Chris's podcast and hearing this different ways, you know, and over on Barso street. Yeah. And I, I thoroughly enjoy hearing him rip on, on, uh, on, uh, water street. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but yeah, you know, it, it, uh, um, it took me way too long. I probably listened to the song four or five times. Eau Claire. Yeah, dude. To realize that you're talking about the city and yeah. not a girl. This is yeah. the title is O.H. Claire. Yeah, yeah, good. I'm glad. That was yeah. the whole point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I remember. I can't remember which line it was. Something about the blue skies or something in there, maybe. I've been listening to your stuff for the last few months. Hell yeah. Yeah, but yeah, it, it's all of a sudden clicked. And it's like, oh shit, he's talking about the city. That makes sense. He's from the damn city. Yeah, yeah absolutely, man. <laughs> it's an ode to the city. But I'm, I'm glad you caught that because that was when I was going through that breakup. So I wanted it. Her name's not Claire, but you know, it's about the city. So, oh, Claire. Um, but I did want to mask it as like, at first you think I was talking about a girl, you know? And then when you listen... It's like, oh shit! Like you said, it's like, oh no, that's not. It's kind of very similar to um, Homecoming by Kanye West because mm-hmm. he, he does the same thing. It's like, you think he's talking about this girl named Wendy, but he's talking about the Windy City of Chicago, you know. And so it's it's a cool little thing he does. So I drew from that, you know, of Oh Claire, because I was I was at the time I was gonna move. I was kind of like over the scene and I just had this breakup so I didn't want to be around her and in the town and so I was like oh Claire just so over you you know (laughs) oh Claire you know but then I grew to really deeply appreciate what we have here so then I was like man there's nothing that compares to Eau Claire like getting able to get on the road travel around a little bit uh, tap into different places like Eau Claire is really special like it has an energy here I was just talking about that with a friend of mine the other night it's like I don't know what the energy is yet. Like, it's it's kind of weird. Like, the art scene is so vibrant, and there's so much talent here, but I feel like it's not cultivated the right way. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, that's, again, that's something that I'm really trying to be on the forefront of is, like, really put on for the cities because we need, we need something to showcase all this talent. You know? We don't have a venue. We don't have 
regular um, national acts coming through. If they are, it's at the Pablo, but the Pablo is not really booking local music to be with them. So what are we doing to bring a national attention? You know what I'm saying? So that's where I'm like, all right, I'm going to do it. You know, me and T.Y., me and Wes, we're going to we're going to do this shit, you know, and yeah, uh, yeah. I don't want to give away yeah. too much because yeah. we have some plans, but yeah, yeah just we'll, how we'll to talk bring off that. here. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it does seem to be that drive-through city. Now, both my parents graduated from UWC, so cool. I've been here, you know, since I was knee high to a grasshopper. Yeah, and you know, I always saw just the university, and I thought that's Eau Claire. Right. And then moving here and living here only for a few months, though, seeing how much more and seeing how it's changed over the years. And Absolutely. What else there is to offer? I mean, Absolutely. the food scene and the music. It's you know, great. of course, jazz fest. I mean, that's it's huge. Great. It, it, yeah, it's fun, especially being. Yeah, you know, I like, I like living up north. Yeah. You know, but I like peace and quiet. But at the same time, it's nice to be back by civilization again yeah. and have those options. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Eau Claire is nice for that, too, because like you don't have to live in the city. You know, it's kind of like a nice mix of rural, rural and urban. Um, but no, you're right. The progression of the city in the last couple of years has been fantastic. I, you know, There's a lot of reasons for that. But I attribute like Justin Vernon really putting this place on the map, dude, like with Bon Iver. Mm-hmm. Um, man, the publicity that had come from the Eau Claire Fest and um, everything that he's done with the Oxbow and the revamp of the Lismore and really revitalized. I mean, it's not just him. There's a whole team. But I feel like he's the one who really brought the national attention. I remember being at, I was working at Menards and I was just on break one day and I was flipping through a magazine. It was a Time magazine. And then there was an article about Eau Claire in there. And I was like, <laughs> what the fuck is this? That's so sick. That's so sick. And it was because of Vernon. It was because of the Eau Claire's Fest. And uh, I feel like ever since that started coming up, man, the national attention has just skyrocketed. And so because of that, we've been able to just develop the city. And it's it's so sick, dude. There's It's awesome to see the development that's been going on. And, yeah, it's just, it's just such, a, such a special place. And it's cool to see how the community celebrates each other. Like yeah. Volume 1. Is it? Yeah. The yep. best of? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I saw you and TYB were in there. Yeah. And yep. Chris was on there for best podcast in the area. He's yep. got some competition now. Yeah, as it, yep. I'm shooting for number two. You got it, bro. You got it. You got you got you gotta fight him and my homie Shang. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, we me and TY took uh second and third, and then shout out shout out Noah Estrada if you're watching. He took first place. Well well deserved, man. He's he's been around the scene for a minute and he's been putting in that work and he's got he's got some great shit man he's got some great shit so it was it was awesome to see the homies take the podium on that one you know and um like i was saying earlier it's not it's not um it's a nice validator you know um that your city just fucks with you you know is that and it, this it seems more genuine than what was the award show that was on not long ago, the Oscars or something, yeah where it this seems like the old boys club right you know patting each other on the back kind of thing absolutely or the Grammys in the music world right where here it seems more legitimate yeah even albeit smaller scale it's not like you know you got NBC and CBS and whoever else flying in to set up the cameras for it right but it just seems more genuine as an outsider looking in yeah I, I would agree it's, I feel like it's well it's because we give the voice to the public you know it's it's literally your community voting on everything it's not like a committee or anything and some people I've heard some people say it's just a popularity contest but I was like well yeah that's the point <laughs> yeah you know what's the mo- <laughs> what's popping around here that's the whole point and so yeah, no, it's cool. Um, yeah, that's all I'm gonna say about it. Yeah, I think it's I think it's really cool. So I think it, I think it sparks a little bit of animosity isn't the right word, but I feel like it could create some tension in a community, you know. But I don't think it does. I've heard a couple of people argue that, but um, I think it's I think it's good to be celebrated by your city. I think it's good to know that people are rocking with you or, or you know, or not and I don't know. Work hard. Yeah. You know? Get that shit out there. No, I've always been a believer that, you know, the high tides raise all ships, at least outside of corporate America. That's yeah. another animal in itself. Yeah. Like I worked at a brewery for 
five years, I think. Okay. You know, went from not drinking beer to being dragged to a soft opening at a brewery to drinking the beer, saying I'm never going to work at a brewery, mm-hmm. to them going, hey, do you mind working this weekend? And then stick around for the next five years. Yeah. But every time somebody would so come in there, they'd always ask, you know, hey, what else do you recommend checking out? And, you know, everybody, you know, all the breweries in the area would kind of point at each other, like, oh, you got to go That's check awesome. them out and stuff like that. And it feels like every, you know... You know, I have the best donut shop in town. Yeah. Like, oh, you like my donut? You should go check out Donut Shop B down the road. I mean, they're yeah. just as good, if not better, blah, blah. You know, and then you can, like you're saying, that validation of that. Yeah. I feel like. Absolutely, man. It's just so, like you said it, it's like, we are very communal here, you know? Um, we, we do look up for each other. We promote each other. I think it's gotten a lot better, too. I think when I first came into the scene here, it was a little clicky. It was a little standoffish. It was very, like me versus you but um i'm gonna you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna say uh shout out tyb if you're watching because i don't think that shift really happened until ty came into the scene um because he was really the one that pushed like collaboration and um just working with each other instead of against each other and i would i would argue that the hip-hop scene is definitely like on the forefront of the music scene right now here and I would attribute a lot of that to him and, and not even just hip hop, but just the music scene in general is I feel like when people saw what we were doing and the collaborations and the shows that we put together is like, oh, shit. Yeah. Maybe that old way of thinking is whack. You know, maybe we should just be a community and work together and, you know, see what see what our similarities are instead of differences. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. Shout out to TYB on that one. Well, if there's somebody listening and they're on that precipice of whether or not they should, you know, take their music seriously, mm-hmm. whether it's rap or whatever the case may be, what advice would you offer up for them? Fucking do it. <laughs> do it. Who cares what anyone else thinks, you know? But if you're going to do it, you got to be real about it. You got to be authentic. You got to be true to self. Because like what I was saying earlier is like that fake shit, people can feel that, you know? If you make something that you think that other people want to hear versus what you want to make, just, yeah, people are going to feel that shit and not fuck with it. And you're not going to fuck with it. You're not going to be fulfilled with it, you know? And so if if you want to make music, if you want to paint, if you want to film, make, or take photos or anything, just believe in yourself because art, at the end of the day, is subjective, you know? And... I get in my head about it sometimes too is like uh, you know for instance the other day I was I had my car broke down and I don't know shit about cars I know nothing about cars (laughs) I I could point you the steering wheel and that's about it Um, and that's okay and, but I, I was like a little self-conscious about that because when my car broke down, I like had called over this gentleman who thankfully I was at a gas station um, and he had like those, that neon vest, like worker, like city vest on. And I was like, this guy knows his way around a car for sure. <laughs> and so I called him over and he was like asking me questions about the car. And I was like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. And I was getting really self-conscious. I was like, man, I should know this. And then I was like, wait, wait a minute. Did this guy just write, I know a bitch when I see one? <laughs> no, he didn't. Did he just write Eleanor Wolf? No, he didn't. Because he can't do that because I do that. So why am I self-conscious about what anyone else does or what they think about me when I know what I do? And if you are listening and you know what you do, fucking do it because you do it better than anyone else. And that's the moral of the story. No one else can do what you do and, and you're not going to be able to do what anyone else does. So don't try. You know, it's just just go for it. Most importantly, where can people find you on social media and where can they find your music? Man, you can find me on anywhere you listen to your your music. Uh, I just put out a new project last week, like I was saying, um, and you can find that on SoundCloud, YouTube, and Bandcamp. It's called Language That I'm Deeply Ashamed Of and Will Regret Forever by Miles Boulevard. Uh, And you can, I guess the best place to reach me on social media would be my Instagram at Miles Boulevard. That's B-L-V-D. And then, yeah, Twitter, Twitter, Instagram. It's the same handle. So, yeah, just hit me up on those. And those are my best ones, man. Awesome. Well, thank you again for coming out tonight. Appreciate it, man. Thank you so much for having me. This has been really fun. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in this week. I will catch you I may not know my power, but I know a bitch when I see one. As I
the top and I'm moving, I don't feel the tweak, it's a fight Y'all motherfuckers are sweet if I speak, then I'm raising my price Hell of a lesson, that hell is a blessing, you hell of a lane Rather just show you than tell you got 25 years with the game Man, I came to fuck up the place, I came to fuck up the plan I came to fuck on the face, how could you fuck with your mans? You suck in the stands, you getting replaced We run up a scheme, then one of the same Then thumb up some green, yeah, whoa that you ain't with no action, baby Looking for any distraction, baby Hope that you get what you asking, baby Never been one for the ration, baby Hook you a few with the wits Never the gate of the kicks Knocking you dudes for the blunts Burn every bridge when you blitz, yeah There's no loss if you learn And still you tossing and turning A faucet burning for some momentary Frivolous love, but you're Thirsting for props, got you worse than your pops Congratulations, you flopped your voice, I promise that you can never die, forever fried, stringing together lies, lost inside a perspective, look at the pain in those eyes, and they don't care who you are, where you've been, what you think, who you love, what you want, who you flaunt, what you drink, but you sit back as you ply, yeah, right here while you're right, we don't care what you got, cause you can't be what you're not. Thank you everyone again for tuning in this week. That was another track off Miles' new album called I Know a Bitch When I See One. And thank you again uh, for tuning in this week and each and every other week, whether you're on an audio platform, audio only platform, or by checking out the YouTube channel. Keep up to date with future guests, live recordings, and new episodes by following the show on Facebook and Instagram at Rules of the Arena Podcast. And many of you asked, how can you help out if you'd be so, first off, if you'd be so kind, head over to Apple Podcasts, Audible, or wherever you're listening and drop a review on there and make sure to leave a comment it really does help me out and let me know just to let me know what you think of the show and if you like the show go ahead and share it on your instagram story or share it to your friends and family on facebook it really does help me out and find new people find the show or help new people find the show <laughs> i also have a website that's now up and running it you can head over to rules where you can see a new line of shirts sweatshirts tank tops all sorts of good stuff over there just in time for the summer and spring months to hopefully roll around here if those of us in the Northwest can get out of this damn winter. Last but not least, uh, make sure to go check out my other show called No Story Left Behind. You can follow NSLB on Facebook and Instagram at No Story Left Behind Podcast. And all episodes are released on its own feed wherever you find your favorite podcasts. I also have episodes on YouTube as well under the ROA channel. Just click on the NSLB playlist and they'll all pop up there. And if you have any questions, concerns, show ideas, or would like to be a guest on the show, please shoot me an email, gordon at blindninjastudios.com. Rules of the Arena and No Story Left Behind are produced and distributed by Blind Ninja Studios. Go check out their other shows and follow them on Facebook or Instagram at Blind Ninja Studios and on Twitter, blind underscore ninja. Thank you, everyone, and I'll catch you next week.